episode of the Disney Guys Uncensored is brought to you by Wish Upon Magic, an Etsy storefront specializing in stickers, keychains, Mickey ears, and quality handmade home goods, where a portion of every purchase goes to Make-A-Wish Foundation. Come on, everybody. Here we go. In case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We. Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Welcome to the Disney Guys Uncensored. This is episode 150, recorded on August 15th, 2022. We are your hosts, Guy, Tim, and Bob. And on this week's jam-packed episode, we welcome back Drew and Jordana as we take a look back at our vast library of episodes and why why we took a prolonged break last fall and why we decided to come back. And of course, we finally figure out where and what Drew and Jordana have been up to since leaving the show. And as the Candyman himself once said, oh, you can't get out backwards. You've got to go forwards to go back. Better press on. But first, a little bit of news. Uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is now underway because nothing says Halloween like the 100-plus degree Florida August weather. And if you caught any of the vlogs or blog entries about that first Halloween party where those influencers were lined up at 4 p.m., like a bunch of Walking Dead zombies outside the main gate of the Magic Kingdom, you saw that basically everything got rained out late, late into the party in a freak thunderstorm. Um, So hopefully we'll see some drier weather for the rest of those. But I guess that's what happens when you have your Halloween parties in the middle of the rainy season in Florida. Uh, The Boardwalk Deli is open, making our predictions that it would be fastest revamp slash refurb of a Disney restaurant uh, ever true. Uh, though it does look now at the new interior uh, shots that uh, nothing much has changed uh, decor wise, that mainly the only thing that changed was the, the kitchen and the display cases slightly uh, from its previous role. Uh, Bub's prediction that if this place was good, it would be a massive hit looks to be true. I've seen a couple early reviews of it. And uh, they have been overwhelmingly positive. The menu looks like a lot of good variety, breakfast and lunch. uh, And also the prices seem very, very reasonable for Walt Disney World food. Also, in an unexpected surprise, the drink, uh, soft drink machines and tea is uh, resort refillable mug compatible. So if you are a resort guest, uh, bring your mug along when you visit that spot and grab yourself a big old deli sandwich uh, side and a free drink. 
Disney Cruise Line has made a slight change uh, to its vaccination requirement. Currently, uh, children five and up must be fully vaccinated, uh, though after September 1st, it will relax to children 12 and up must be fully vaccinated. This is uh, in line with the industry, cruise industry at large, slowly rolling back the stringent regulations to drum up more business and more normality when it comes to cruising. Uh, strict testing requirements are still in place for all travelers, vaccinated and not, with unvaccinated guests required to receive two separate COVID tests, one at the time of debarkation. Uh, or sorry, I mean embarkation, not debarkation. Uh, you will be debarked if you fail the embarkation test, though. That is for sure. Uh, Rogue One will return for a special one-night-only IMAX presentation on August 26th, along with an exclusive look at Andor. I think this is just going to be a new Andor trailer that we haven't seen yet. I don't think they're going to surprise everybody and drop like the first episode for those IMAX guests. But who knows? Maybe that would be awesome. Tickets and a list of participating theaters are available only on Fandango. I don't know about you guys, but as I've said on the show before, Rogue One is my favorite piece of Star Wars media. So I am really, really hoping that the Providence Place IMAX Theater is one of the participating locations because I will definitely be checking it out if it is. That's all the news this week. On to our whole bunch of main topics with these returning co-hosts. We're going to do a little reminiscing and navel-gazing about the show. So, Guy, take it away. So, I just want to welcome back to the show a fantastic member of my life and this uh, podcast, uh, Jordana Izzo. Welcome back. Thanks. He's so kind when he's on the record, but that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we're going to have a couple of questions, if that's okay with you. Uh, First question I have for you is, uh, since leaving the show... What do you miss most about recording? Um, I think a big thing I miss is it was just so into my routine to hang out with you guys every week and to just be here and just talking every Monday or Tuesday or however we threw it. And yeah, I just miss I miss you guys. I miss hanging out, you know, it was every week. Definitely. So last week, I wish the feeling was mutual. Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) Now, the feeling is definitely mutual, at least for this episode. It, it wouldn't be an episode if, you know, Bob didn't at least take one hit at me. Well, I, I do miss that. Sure, I just want to make sure that we are back in the cycle because I expect oh. you back full time. Guy's not cutting the mustard, Jordana. You got to step up. <laughs> no, what happened is I used to she used to always tell me what the show topic was and I would do a bunch of research for her and then she wouldn't use it. And now, I mean, you folks <laughs> know why. So it was a puppet regime. <laughs> it was a puppet regime that failed. That's par for the yep. course. Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, last week we had a good conversation about uh, what Disney's like in 2022. And as a gold level top producer for Travelmation LLC, I do have to ask, how do you prepare a first time client for Disney World? I have to say that the whole time I was listening to the episode, I was literally going, yup, yup. Yeah, because everything you said was so honest, especially when you guys were talking about your frustration with trying to keep up with all the changes, because imagine just trying like 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 you guys said last week, like we we all are Disney people. We all try to keep up with the news and stuff like that. And even we have a hard time keeping up with all of it. Imagine trying to explain it to someone who might be booking their trip a year out. And then it's like 
two months later, they come and ask a question and it's like, oh, it's not like that anymore. We do it like this now. And then a week before their trip, it's like, oh, we got to try it this way you now. <laughs> like, so it's just so many changes. Um, I got to ask, Jordana, because I, I was at a social function with you guys this weekend yes. and, and, and a client or I don't know if it was a client and a family member of yours came up to you and, and mentioned their trip that you booked for them that they totally forgot what it was. And you kind of laughed and were like, yeah, but we made it work anyway. I got to know the story behind that. OK, so I have I have a friend who um, I do her um, corporate bookings for and she had to, her company paid for half of it and booked half the nights and she had but needed like the first night and the last night or whatever. And uh, she gave me the wrong nights. She needed like the first two nights. And the problem was, was they weren't letting me like cancel and rebook. So I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. You're going to book one night. We're going to book another night, like two separate nights, but you're just going to go to go at check in and talk to the hotel and just say you're all one reservation and they'll fix it there. So um, a lot of it is just, I don't know, problem solving with people and you, you know, just giving the advice for what people need. But that's that's kind of what happened with her. <laughs> oh, well, hey, that, that, that's the gold level difference right there. I was hoping yeah. <laughs> that uh, you, you booked somebody a Disney vacation like a year out and then they totally forgot about it until like two days, two days before. And you you called and reminded of and, you know, made sure that they were still remember they had a trip and uh, it was like. <laughs> you know, a home alone situation. Or something. Yeah, no, no. Thankfully it wasn't that. <laughs> All right. So back on to the next questions. Uh, so in this business, you never say never. What is the show topic you always wish you had covered, but never did? Um, we still got to talk about Harmony Barbershop. Yeah, it's clearly Harmony Barbershop. She's it's still clearly that. That's, and I'm clearly. so excited. We're, we're doing it next week. Uh, so I'm going to come back and that's like, it's, it's, we're putting it on the schedule. It's it's happening. We need to talk about it. Um, no, that's that's definitely an episode. There's like it's just like there's so many topics to go into. I love a good top ten. Um, I always wish. Well, I I loved when we did um, to go back like the top ten spark shorts we did, or just reviewing the spark shorts. Um, I would love to do another something like that. But that was always, those were always my favorite types of episodes. So anything that came up like that, I want to do again. Hear that, Drew? We might need you to come back and uh, bring back the spreadsheet of shilliness because when we rank things, we just oh, yeah. rank them. We don't we don't have a spreadsheet with <laughs> formulas on it. You need, you need the SOS, baby. Just bring it in. And my my last question for Jadana is very inside baseball, but I have to ask. Finally, is it appropriate for a married woman to go to dinner with three random guys? So there's a background story to this. Um, this was post, well, I don't want to say post pandemic, but this was like, everybody was starting to come out of their houses. And I was like, oh, I was like, these guys I record with every Monday or whatever. I said, we're all going to go get dinner and we're just going to talk. He's like, I've never met them. He's like, I don't know who they are. Why are you going on a date with three guys? <laughs> and I'm like, it's not like that. But you've got to understand from our perspective, it was like three brothers and a sister going out. Right, right. <laughs> It was much more like like that. I mean, it was, guy, you could have come. Well, see, my my whole point was, I was like, all right, so let's pretend that I did a Seinfeld podcast with three women. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to (laughs) go to dinner with three three ladies. Would you be okay with that? Absolutely not. So I'm like, what? I'm like, this seems weird. And that was before, um, you know, I really knew 
everybody. Really, before she knew everybody too, though, because it was really like I only knew the Drew, beginning. Really, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I but, mean, yeah, that I was a fun. I mean, it Jordan. wasn't even a real fight. It's just something we bust our, each other's balls so, about. But yeah, that was great. Just so we're all on the same page, because this is not a visual podcast that we do. Guy is dead serious right now. Tim <laughs> is uncomfortably wiggling in his chair more so than normal. Andrew has a big sheeted and grin on his face. I am stunned that it came up and Jordana is covering her face in shame. So this clearly was a bigger deal than they're making it out to be. Hey, oh, let's finally. just say time went by and then we were all at there, you know, a nice big happy wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, wedding. I mean, that was yeah. You were nervous about your wife going to dinner with us, and then you guys ended up at my wedding. There you go. See? Yeah. So who's got egg on their face now, guy? (laughs) Or rather, you know, and another insight for me is Jordana, just so you know, Uh he can have any brew he wants Uh as long as it's a Corona. That's it. I mean, that's That's it. it. That's my go-to standard beer now. It really is. Every time it's off, I'm just going to... No, you came He's to like, a I'm wedding. Gonna go have, I'm gonna go have a Corona so I can take a picture of it and send it to Bub. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. you came to a wedding with us, and out of Tim and Rachel's wedding, we became this giant extended family in true Fast and Furious fashion. And oh, I guy, that. guy could have guy could have one beer, well, one type of beer at the wedding, and it was a Corona. And since then, this is just what we've become. So. That was Bob's rule. There was plenty of varieties of beer available at no, my wedding above and beyond. Oh, yeah. Tim yep. was an excellent be, open bar host. To be fair. To be 37 fair. Was pregnant. Yeah. Tim was an excellent open bar host. And I Tim, cannot just Tim and play. Rachel crushed it. Their wedding was literally, and I'm not saying this, I'm a call, I've said this to Tim offline, and I've even said it to Rachel last year when I talked to her, was that was literally some of the most fun I've ever had at a wedding. To to be be fair, just a great, uh, great time. I'm still I'm dreaming glad. about that dessert bar. Oh, I I'm just glad you drove, Bob, because it was it was a fun night. <laughs> it was a mess. <laughs> so, so now I think the fun starts, and anyone that has listened since episode one knows that me and Andrew are probably. I mean, this is going to sound weird because we have a married couple on on the podcast right now, but me and Andrew are extremely close. So this is going to be a little bit more. I'm going to start with, I'm taking the gloves off. Drew, why did you leave the show? Oh, God. You know, it, it, there's no hard feelings, right? This, this was a baby of mine um, from the beginning. And I'm going to be blunt and I'm going to be real when I talk about this, though. You know, Disney is um, Disney. is Disney, And Disney's going to be Disney, right? Um, the amount of social media presence of Disney and the toxicity that Disney fans has is out of control, right? And and, and, and I get it. We're, we're a little fish in a big sea, and, and we worked our ass off, right? I mean, on, on episodes, on contests, and on a lot of things. Um, and I, I feel like I was living, living and breathing Disney nonstop. And, and I think it got to me. I think it caught up to me, right, where we don't live in Central Florida. We're not going to the parks every every month, every year, every couple of years, right? It, it, it was it was getting too big of stretches for us. And I think I lost a little bit of the passion throughout the years. We covered a lot of topics, a lot of unique topics. Um, and, and the goal was never to be a news podcast, right? That was never the intent. And I loved doing these far-fetched episodes about the haunted mansion and, and, and top tens and, and Christmas parades and, and, and 
as you know, I was more of a, the producer. I, I loved producing that part of it, right? The, the, the behind the scenes part of it being, you know, you know, the, the loud and obnoxious myself, you know, on the podcast, I, I like being that character as one would say, but I think I was joined that part of it, right? That like, all of those things just mentioned more than the physical topics of the episode, if that makes sense. Right. I, I think the Disney part of it was getting away from me. We, we were recording episodes and, and I, and I wasn't able to just come on the episode and talk naturally. Right. I, I didn't have enough information and I wasn't following enough stuff on social media to, to really care. So I think the passion, I realized it caught up to me. My passion wasn't Disney. It was talking with you guys every week. It was producing the podcast every week. It was having fun contests every week and doing giveaways and meeting some amazing guests that we got to meet and you know know over the years. That's what I loved. So I, I think it was time for me to separate myself from the Disney part of it. And and that might sound selfish, but at the same time, you know, I, it was almost like a, a little bit of a job, you know. And I think it was it. That's what it became. Um, I miss it. I miss it sometimes, not gonna lie, but I think that's the truth behind it. So I think starting with you when we did and with Jay, and I, I think even I will talk about it in a little bit. I think we all suffered from burnout at times, and I, I think I think it stopped becoming fun. I, I think it did, honestly. Mm. And well, again, we'll, we'll touch on it a little bit, but there were times that we were, and especially in the in the early on, before Tim came on and before Jordana came on. Me, you, and Jay had battles, oh, like yeah. literal battles about building episodes. So I can understand where you're coming from. I can understand where you're coming from. Um, I know what you've been up to since you left. Mm. Um, I obviously, I, I, you know, you've been raising your beautiful family. You put the mm. pool in, like you've been doing things and having a lot of fun, and you're still golfing fairly often. And you got a little show. I don't want to talk about your little show. I don't want to talk about your show yet. I'll give you some time in a minute, but outside of some of that stuff, what have you been up to since leaving the show? What what are the couple of things that people should know Drew has been doing outside of the Disney guys uncensored? Yeah. uh, It's funny because, you know, I've always had some type of uh, creative project going on in my life. Right. And like you said, we'll talk about the the other show that I have going on, but um, yeah, you know, like you said, I, I, I've, I spend a lot of time with, with the family, right? It's, it's, I hate to say it, but you know, nighttime at, you know, eight to 10 o'clock, you try to catch up with some shows, you watch more movies, you get, you know, you get into stuff like that. But, um, I mean, you mentioned a lot of the things, you know, I, I, I enjoy my, my, my backyard. I, 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 Mm -hmm. it sounds, it sounds weird, but (laughs) it's the truth. It's perfectly normal. Um, yeah, I, I try to golf. I try to do things. Uh, I go on vacations with the family. We try to, and that was the other part of the Disney thing, right? Is, we wanted to see other parts of the country, right? We and, and I'm not talking big things, but we know we wanted to go to other places, not just Disney every year. Correct. Um, so we started going on other little vacations here and there. You know, we went to Legoland. We did the, the normal up north with you know the Santa's Village and um, Storyland, and uh, you know we did other places in New York. So we, we we tried to mix it up a little bit with the vacation stuff. Um, but yeah, from overall, I've been enjoying myself. I'm not gonna lie, I play I play some video games quite a bit. That, that's that's a that's a hobby of mine and um yeah that that's about it sounds like a professional tease right there for a few minutes from now <laughs> that's all i'm saying hasn't lost a step um have you continued to listen and I, I, no one's gonna take yeah. it personally if you say no i mean i i think me i know the answer is you do not listen regularly mm-hmm. you listen when the topic interests you but have you picked it up lately have you listened to any of our episodes? so it, it, it's funny that you mentioned that right because 
for 150 episodes, we've always questioned, you know, why did this episode have so many listens? How come this one doesn't have any? We put so much effort into that episode. And that was part of the frustration we've talked about over the years. With that being said, um, I find it funny now as taking a bad seat from from the creative point of view and the listener point of view. And you, you nailed it. It's topic specific. And, and it, it, it's so funny to think that uh, I listened to a couple. I listened to the more recent ones I listened to where I definitely popped in. Um, the Big Thunder Mountain guy, <laughs> guy, come on, buddy. Nighttime. You got to feel it. Nighttime. Nighttime is where it's at. <laughs> We're going next week. I promise I'm going to ride it at night. That's all I want. I saw yeah. and, and, and like Bub said, I was I was right there yelling behind over his shoulder. Is it like the best ride on property? No, but it's just a fun, unique experience that there's something about it. And you're going to go on it and say, damn it, Drew and Bub were kind of right. You know, that's what's so great about Disney, too. It's just like I've been on Big Thunder Mountain two dozen times and just be able to go on it and get something different out of it, I think, ultimately, is what's so great about Disney. So definitely something I'm looking forward to. 100 percent agreed. Um, And then, yeah, you know, obviously I had to I had to I didn't I had to poke around in the the last episode about the cost of Disney and stuff like that, because, God, you know, I've been pitching that since episode one as well about the cost. And and if you think about it, it's kind of crazy. Think about how far the parts of Disney World have come since we started this podcast. Correct. Everyone should think about that. Even as a listener, they should think about that. It's fascinating. You know? Yeah, I, I would say to my current co-hosts, Guy and Tim, um, the feedback I am getting from the Price episode, from people I work with that listen, from friends that listen to the show, and we got some feedback uh, from on the Discord that we'll talk about later on. Um, that's a crowning achievement for us in, in the relaunch, mm-hmm. I think, guys. That's we won that we should be proud of. Uh, if I don't mind, I, I will toot our own horn here on this one. That was a crowning achievement episode. Like Guy said earlier, just coming on and just the three of us having a, a fairly open mm-hmm. topic to just discuss was a lot of fun, which, again, we, we've talked about the work we've done, Andrew, on, on other episodes. And uh, even at the episode 100, when we talked about how much work the Earth Day episodes are or how much work the episode was with Tim when we did the Haunted Mansion and the editing process. And you've already touched on it, how many contests we did. Why didn't we do more contests? <laughs> Want to know why? Uh, Tim can vouch for this one. I'll tell you one specific reason why I wouldn't do more contests. And Tim knows I'm done with this. The lip sync challenge. That's why. Because Tim and I put... <laughs> the single most work I put into anything oh ever God. for this podcast. That contest was flawless. We... We with the graphics we made for it, we we pre-edited all of the sound clips. With I made the, karaoke oh, videos yeah. for the lyrics to all the songs we were like had available to people for the lip sync contest. Man, that and, and you know who entered? My daughter Zoe and their uh, yeah. the Izzo Sal. That's it, right? Time. That's yeah, it. I goes to the runner there. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think we both just paid our kids twenty dollars and said you guys win. That's how it went. That's how it went. So that, but that stuff. Back to the back to the previous point, right, Public? You said about the parts too, and that's what I find as a listener. People, I hate to say it, care about parts. That's when podcast yeah. gets listened, right? Because yeah. I, I'm in the boat. I'm I'm actually going down to Orlando this week. And what am I doing? I'm looking at podcasts. I'm reading social media. And God bless Jordana. She has patience of an angel dealing with all these asshole people. Excuse my language. About no, that's okay. We're right. still we're still uncensored. Cool <laughs> I concur. I concur. <laughs> it, it's like, but that's 
that's what people want. People don't care about Earth Day. And, and, and that's a shame, right? Because we try to be unique and different and uncensored, but people Ooh, just boy. want. And I, the point was where I was going. I commend you guys for the last episode and trying to give it a unique take. And it's tough to do that when everyone else is doing it. And you guys did do a good job. So, Drew, the million-dollar question, I think we've covered it before in terms of characters that we play. Because I think this mm. – last week and this week especially, I think you're getting closer to who we are as people than sometimes when recording the episode. And I'm yelling at Guy, telling him he has a super moronic take about Big Thunder Mountain <laughs> or telling Tim that that is the most ridiculous thing he's ever said. I don't necessarily mean that when I say it to them. I mean, there's a small part of me that means it. But I'm also playing sense. the heel in that instance. It just – it's one of those things where – where a controversy equals ratings. We do. At the end of the day, I love these guys. I love Jordana. Like, so it's one of those things that this is more of us, just who we are and our prep and what we're doing. So the question drew that people want to know, I've taken a poll of every listener. I know Mm. they want to know why you hate boat rides. And I try to tell them guys, it's just something that happened on an episode where he said, I hate this specific ride. I think it was you were pissed about the boat ride from Port Orleans to, to Disney Springs. You get caught on the wrong side of the boat. What, so why do you hate boat rides? I think you're right. Uh, I think it all stemmed as well from living with the land, right? Uh, we, we, there's no secret that it's not my fault that the shittier rides happen to be in the water, right? That, that's not my fault. I, I'm not the Imagineer that created those attractions. Um, it just happens that my least favorite rides happen to be boat rides. I mean, if you put living with the land on a track system, I'd still hate it. Would I, would I be considered a, a hater of track rides? Uh, maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, but I think that, that, you know, piled on with a few other things. It's just like you said, it's a character. Um, I, I don't like living with the land that that's, that's not, that a is not a character. That's a that fact. Is- um, you know, you great, and I can commiserate with that because great theme not. song, no denying it, terrible execution of our ride. And that shows how much you 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 really haven't given Living with the Land a chance anytime recently <laughs> because the theme song it's not even in Living with the Land anymore. That's, that's, that that made it even worse. I had a reason to go on, um, but now there's there's all that more um, added stuff for like voiceover for more education, more. Uh, growing innovations that the 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 chemists and biologists and horticulturalists at Disney are really doing there and pushing the frontiers of, of agricultural uh, cultivation. So I mean, I I, I get it. it. It's weird to have like no taste whatsoever when it comes to uh, what rides are good and not. Um, and I can understand hating boat rides on bad rides like Pirates of the Caribbean. Or the Mexico Pavilion boat ride. But living with the land, you know, air, land, or sea, uh, it, it's still just going to be a, a, an engineer, imagineering masterpiece as well as a real-life engineering masterpiece as they really change the way we think about our relationship with the land and also the sea. You know, it's 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 like when you go to a restaurant. If, if, I, order, anymore. if I order a steak, I don't need to go see how the cow was butchered. Just give me the steak, you know? <laughs> Tim clearly has never had a margarita. Uh, yeah, Tim, don't think that shot at us both is going to. Oh, no, I was kidding. That ride also rules. The Mex- <laughs> and, and so does Pirates, to be honest. I was just pointing out other boat rides that, you know, Drew also probably hates. Do not hate Pirates. So I, I was thrilled. Eh. Listen, I was thrilled. But when I Drew feel that left way about the you show. Too. <laughs> 
Listen, when Drew left the show, I will admit that I I was crushed that Drew left the show. I think it strained our relationship for a few months. Like it was kind of just like it sucked because of how close me and Andrew are. Jordana was was great. Tim was great. It was a great. The three of us have done great work. I've loved every minute of it. When Guy came on and one of the first episodes, he was railing against living with the land. And Tim had some ridiculous tomato tree explanation about why the one tomato tree made the ride worth it. I just sat back and said, this is everything that I wanted it to be. This was great because Guy had the same feelings about living with the land. He's like, hey, it kind of sucks. And Tim's like, no. And I agree. The irony of all of this is I agree with Tim. I love the ride, but it's just so fun because that's one hill for some reason that Tim will die on every episode is living with the lands masterpiece them, if you will. Like he loves it. It's great. It, it, <laughs> you know, it, I'm not going to get into it. We just got into it during premium experiences. But long story <laughs> short, living with the land exemplifies what original Epcot is. Right. And to this day, it continues to be that. And it keeps getting better and Disney continues to work on it and improve it and not like leave it to forget about and rot and, you know, make it half the length, like journey into the imagination. And I just want to add to, again, my stance on living with the land. It's an enjoyable ride for what it is. I just think of all the ways that Disney can steal your money. Taking that tour is the most egregious (laughs) way that they can steal money of all time, where they literally just take you on an extended a version of the ride that's already 14 minutes too long. <laughs> Drew, now that you are mm. not recording a Disney podcast regularly, <laughs> mm. but still recording Dad's After Dark, which is a very highly rated and respected Nintendo podcast. I can't stress enough. The work you and John do over there is dynamite. You guys have a great show it is a, a hard R rating from me, uh, a show that you probably shouldn't be listening to with the children. Um, it, it's it's a go check it out. It's on all the major platforms. It is it is again Dad's After Dark. It's Nintendo specific, but it's a lot of video game coverage. It's a great listen. A lot of cool topics. A lot a lot of fun and great contests that actually get participation. So I, I will say, fantastic work you're doing over there. As a non-Disney podcaster, as an outside observer, what are your top three takeaways from post-COVID Disney or even the stuff that's happened with Bob Chapek? We've covered a ton. Mm -hmm. What are your top three, like, 10,000 feet takeaways from Disney as an outside observer? Because I think me, Tim, and Guy, and Jordana, to an extent, obviously, with the work Mm -hmm. she does, we do still have that, quote-unquote, Disney bias. I would think that you probably are a little bit more away from that now yeah no day um uh, top three on the spot it's gonna be tough but uh i i think kind of geodized tate and i don't want to go with the money wise because i think we all we all feel the same way about that but i think just the complexity continues to blow my mind on how complicated it is going to disney mm-hmm. world um you know i don't know if somebody said maybe even jordana you know trying to explain to a new disney client that's never been to disney but i think i actually talked to you the other day about about your your couple friend there, I won't mention any names, you know, 
how how do you so where do you start? Where do yeah. you start? Oh, there's, oh. there's there's four parks, there's two amusement parks, there's downtown Disney, but then you need fast passes and no, no, it's not fast pass anymore. It's Genie Plus. It's like it it's it's overwhelming. You know, I'm, yeah. Universal's like just go, enjoy it, relax. Yeah. You know, wait in line, have fun. Yeah. Pressure. You know, and I hate to say that I don't want to compare it because again, apples, oranges, right? Two totally different places, two different fran- you know, different franchises, IPs. Get it? Um, that's one takeaway. High level. We don't get into the weeds of it. It's just blows your mind how complicated it is. Um, I'm gonna say the second one again because of the new Triton class of ships that Disney is building, and I think the Disney Cruise Line, and again, haven't been on it in a while, but I will soon, uh, is one of the undervalued items for Disney, I, and I believe that based on what you get um, from the experiences and the food and the lodging. Um, something people should 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 look into if they are Disney fans, period. Uh, I, I believe that as well. Um, three, hot take. When is too much for Star Wars and MCU? Just going to leave it at that. When That's is fair. too much? That's my three hot takes on Disney. I think we're at the, I think we're at the point with the MCU. And Star Wars is going to be, be close soon. It could be a future topic, just saying. Mm. Yeah. But the MCU definitely. I've read a, a real interesting article about like the Disney Plus shows and how just disjointed Phase Four and Five have been, and and, and how much of a mess it really is. Um, young Tim, sir, that's all I have for our returning co-host. Um, but ironically, we do find ourselves at the precipice of greatness here because we want to talk a little bit about Lightyear. Yeah, I mean, I I think we had to without all these hosts together in a room together for the first time in a long time. And, and for the first time ever with, with guy, with all of us uh, in this specific group, we had to give it, you know, a little bit of an old school Disney guys topics. We're going to do a little mini discussion about Lightyear, which is now available for everyone to watch on Disney plus. And uh, I think it doesn't spoil anything to say uh, everybody here has watched it at this point and everybody thought it was great. So uh, we're just going to talk about it a little bit. Um, First off, first question is uh, overall, what what'd you think of the movie? Uh, I'll start with uh, Guy. I mean, I thought it was a great movie just in general. It didn't really feel like a, a Pixar, Toy Story related movie. Um, it just played like, um, just, uh, honestly, it played a lot like Top Gun. It was just really a great movie. I didn't really see it as a kid's movie when we actually went and saw it in the theaters. Um, there was some laughs in there for, you know, little kids, but otherwise I didn't think there was a ton of stuff in there. I thought it was a lot more adult, which I think is a, a smart idea. I'm sure that wasn't their target, but like, I mean, their original audience is in their thirties and forties now, like they can make original content for Disney plus. That's just a good movie that happens to be animated. I think it's a good idea for Pixar. It gives a lot of people jobs. Um, and it lets them explore, you know, writing styles, um, in a whole new way. Um, I'm sure this wasn't a logical first step for them. I'm sure they didn't see it like that. But I think it would be a good way to go, um, just to give the audience something different. Jordan, what were your, your thoughts? I mean, I, walking into the theater, I really don't know what I was expecting, but I really wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to like the movie so much. Um, I'll say that with, um, with the movie, I definitely was expecting the more kiddish, Toy Story 1, 2, 3, 4 type storyline. And it was a lot more entertaining, a lot more like going through life and stuff like that. And I don't, like Guy said, I think, you know, it, it was more geared towards us um, than 
I think kids would have liked it or would have understood it. But it's one of those things that a kid can watch it and have a completely different understanding than an adult watching it. So maybe we should talk to some kids about it and see how they liked it. But I think we all liked it for the same reasons. Drew, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I agree and disagree with the Izzo family there. Uh, I, I think I'll agree with unexpectedly very good. It was, it, it was gr- I really enjoyed it. I, I do disagree with the kids part. Uh, I think what the movie did is what Pixar does best. They they make it both kid and adult friendly. I mean, obviously the the character of Sots, the cat there. Uh, like my kids wanted to go out and buy a cat after that and name it Sots. But you know, when I get a dog, the next dog's name is going to be Sots. Like like they were obsessed with that character. Um, and I think it was one of those that's like complicated a little bit with with the the time travel and but at the same time simple enough kids kind of got it like they didn't ask me or unless they just were so far out they didn't understand what the hell they were watching which is possible but uh yeah we watched it twice and again i i I really really enjoyed it i thought the first half or the first third was really good i thought like there was a a chunk in the middle um that kind of was like maybe really the first half was really good i think there was a chunk up on zerd spaceship a little bit that got a little like eh um, and but then I think it ended well. I think with with what the story had in front of itself, it ended really solid to wrap it all up. Um, but overall, really enjoyed it. Bob, yeah, it's um it's not in heavy rotation at the Shoemaker household. I'll be honest, but uh, it was very well done. I, I did. I loved it. Um, the boys loved it, and even Meg, what she caught it. She was in and out of the room. She really enjoyed it too. Uh, Drew hit it. I love socks and guy. 100% agree with you on the Top Gun, especially that early portion of the film had me feeling Top Gun vibes, and, and I, I loved Top Gun, too. I, I thought Maverick was great. Um, so I will say that, and I think, Tim, and we've had this conversation before, my level of expectation was so low for Lightyear based on the word of mouth that like it couldn't have been worse than what I was expecting. So I just took it at what it was. I just enjoyed the film and thought it was really fun. Like, and also I'm not that snobbish that I'm worried about a movie about a toy that Andy got and saw a movie from. I don't need to connect the dots as a standalone movie about a space guy. Really cool. And a movie as a tie in to a in universe toy also a lot of fun I, I don't really see the reasons for the uh the the disenfranchisement with Lightyear. yeah i mean i'm you guys really touched on most of the points uh i i was gonna make i will say the the classic pixar um adult and kid thing was probably better represented in this one than almost any of the other movies uh, i guess the last couple of pixars have, have done it pretty well but this one almost uh, and drew kind of touched on this you could watch it, and there was some very high-concept stuff about the time dilation and, and the, the, the story they were telling about, you know, what is life and what is aging and what are the connections in your life and what those really mean. And then there could be also just like, whoa, cool space stuff for the kids. And it, it almost was two parallel movies where adults were going to see one thing and, and care about one thing in the story, and the kids were going to care about a completely different thing. The one thing I will touch on that I'm shocked no one here has touched on is I was blown away by how beautiful this movie looks. This, I think, is the best-looking Pixar movie uh, ever, and it, it's not really close. I, it it just did the space stuff and the environment and the atmosphere, both, like, 
atmospherically and literally like the way when they were on the planets, the way the atmosphere looked, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, blew me away. The animation in this was absurdly, absurdly good. And it's super, super high frame rate, incredibly smooth. Uh, artistically, I, I was just blown away by how good this movie looked and managed mm -hmm. to look unique uh, while also, uh, you know, having its own um, still doing that, like very trope based space action art style, uh, kind of really drawing it from a lot of sources. Tim, pardon the expression. Would you say that it was light years ahead of where we were in 1995 with Toy Story? Oh, I don't miss yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, obvious. <laughs> uh, but I think even over some of the the, the, the last couple of pictures, like I think compare this to Turning Red, and it, it, it's really obvious there there was a huge difference in, in budget between these two movies, and that that was utilized. Um, all right, so so I, we already kind of touched on this a little bit, but straight up, uh, why do you think it flopped? Uh, we'll start with Drew on this one. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you a few reasons why. Um, one, I think the whole light year thing was next level bub i i think it confused a lot of people what is this story why does he look different why does he sound different all of these things um i think that was the, the story itself was very confusing to the general public you know aside from the hard hardcore disney fan i think that's my number one take number two take this was the big promotion if you remember correctly a gay couple kisses oh my god what has pixar done it happens literally so fast you could miss it like it, it's not really touched on it barely happens it's like bam my, my kids saw it they asked the question yeah girls can marry girls no big deal like it, it wasn't it was nothing so i think that was bad media for the movie that as we know unfortunately people in this world boycott third problem i was walking out of uh, a restaurant the other day and i said i saw a, a family couple that i know with their two kids outside waiting in the heat and i and, you know we were talking just talking they said oh yeah we're, you know I, we decided to stay home tonight we're gonna watch light year and the the husband looks at me and says well i'm not i'm boycotted that movie i said what, what do you mean why are you boycotting that movie well tim allen's not in it and they wouldn't they wouldn't hire him and i said you realize it's a different character you know, Tim Allen was the toy. It's it's different. I said, and, and even if it was, who cares? Who cares? Tim Allen's canceled. Who's not canceled? Who gives a shit? Right? It's it's irrelevant. It doesn't have the impact of the of the film. So those are my three things. I think that a lot of people, whether we want to admit it or not, won't go see a movie for stuff like that. It's crazy. Um, and I think that really hurt it, and that just gave it a bad rap. Um, from there on out, that that's my take. Those are my three big ones. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, you kind of hit everything on the head. I do want to touch on a couple of things. Um, I kind of get the people who are like, oh, you know, Tim Allen's. Because, like, the casual fan, for some people, like, just Tim Allen, not the controversial part of it. Like, oh, they're trying to cancel him. Meanwhile, he just got off another 10-plus year TV show. Like, as if he's, like, a starving artist or something. Like, he's not a multi-millionaire. It's just, like, the simple explanation is is if they could have made this movie and it was a massive hit, Tim Allen is old enough that, I mean, he probably won't, but realistically, Tim Allen could drop dead tomorrow and no one would be like, oh my God, can you believe it? How young? You know what I mean? He's probably, he's at least in his mid-60s. It's just like they're trying to build a franchise um, and you got to take risks. And if it would have hit, you know, they want to keep pumping these movies out and Tim Allen's not going to be here forever. 
Um, and then just on to the whole gay kiss controversy thing. Um, for me, this always really bothers me. And I, I got to applaud Disney um, a thousand percent for how they handled it. And just go along with me because it's going to sound wrong. Um, I feel like in a lot of times when they do this, that it kind of they force it down your throat. And just again, follow with me here. Don't don't write your letters just yet. So I grew up, um, you know, I have a gay uncle. I have a gay aunt. They always had, you know, they were always in relationships. They were always married. It was completely normal to me, like the way I grew up. It wasn't a big deal whatsoever. And I think how Disney handled this movie where it just wasn't a big deal whatsoever, you wouldn't even think about it. It just happened as any other normal couple would in any movie, um, I think was a really great decision by them. Uh, the controversy, it's again, it's always people who aren't going to go see the movie anyways. Those people who would get upset about that weren't really ever going to go see the movie anyways. And their kids are going to watch it no matter what anyways. So I kind of think it's not really, it's a non-issue, but who knows? Yeah, I don't think it's an issue. By the way, I did look it up. Tim Allen is 69 years old. Just a fact check real quick. Nice. God bless him. Uh, Jordan, why do you think it flopped? Um, I don't like partially just timeline wise. Uh, a lot of movies are kind of flopping right now because everybody's just waiting for them to come out post pandemic, you know, just wait, you know, cause I don't know. I think about when I was a kid and like everything was in the movie theaters for so long that you were and and you know prices were cheaper and stuff like that. And that was the thing to do. You would go to the movies and you'd see a movie where everything's so hands-on and you you get it right away after it's out of the movie yeah, 45 theater. days now you get it on streaming that's right. the, that's the new length for the contracts so it's just it's like yeah we might as well just wait another month or like hey we can't make it to the movies this week or next week well then we only have three four weeks so we might as well wait you know so i think that partially feeds a lot into a lot of these movies flopping bob any uh, any thoughts no i think you guys all covered it I, I honestly, I think the the movie business, if it's not Top Gun, is cyclical, and no movie is really doing business outside of its opening week uh, right now. So I, unless I think you're it's Top one, Gun, oh, but, right? Just unless you're literally Gun, still right. in the theaters and is about to uh, surpass an Avengers movie as the sixth highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. Right. So, like I said, you know, anything that isn't Top Gun has been terrible, other than the opening weekends for a lot of these movies, and even some of the opening weekends were eye-opening in the other direction. Um, so I think it's, we became used to Disney Plus having the Pixar movies and the animated movies instantly, almost day and date for the last two years, and I think it worked against Lightyear. And I, I think like Andrew said and, and Guy touched on, I think it's haters going to hate, man. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, people... We talked about it last week, the proliferation of social media, anti-Disney stuff out there, their Disney stance in Florida, which we talked about with Dr. Richard Fogel's song. Tim, I mean, I think it's just one of those things that people make up their minds based on preconceived notions, and Lightyear was a victim of circumstance. I think that's what it is, because it's really a, a fantastic movie. I, I can't, I, I don't know why people wouldn't go see it. Yep, 100%. Um, I, I will push back a little bit on Guy and, and what Drew said. Um I think the the premise of this movie was pretty high concept, pretty confusing, and that uh, just using Tim Allen to voice Lightyear kind of as the bridge between the two, it's very easy to justify. He was the toy. He was also the toy's recorded voice. 
So you could totally have him be Lightyear the man and Lightyear the toy because the toy was based on Lightyear the man. And I think that bridge would have helped uh, kind of get through some of the confusing marketing um, that a lot of audiences in screen tests and, and in the lead up to this uh, did report was uh, was not not totally clear for them. Uh, and the other thing I'll say is uh, this movie definitely is going to fall into the category of Disney movies that I really, really love. Uh, this is another animated movie aimed at slightly older boys along with Atlantis and Treasure Planet. And I, I don't know what it is about. And, and to a lesser extent, even Tarzan, uh, these movies, Disney has never been able to really make their money back on. And I don't know what it is because all these movies, and I I really do believe this movie will fall into that category too, when they're looked back on by uh, the press and by fans, they people realize that these actually were really good movies and nobody's quite sure why they went wrong. Um, but I, I, I don't know what it is, but Disney has not quite been able to figure out the um, preteen boy animated movie yet. And uh, this is just, a, seems to be another one that's gonna fall into that category. Uh, last but not least, real quick, uh, what what was your favorite part or, or a highlight of the movie? And uh, Bob, we'll start with you. It was socks. I, I loved socks. I mean, I honestly, yeah, I mean, Tim, like you said, though, I, I was, and I said it to you guys, blown away. I said it to you guys when we watched it in terms of the uh, the art and the style of the film. I thought it was great. And the one coming out in November, Tim, too, the, the alien movie that Disney's making, I forget the name of it, also looks wild. So I'm really digging the art style and and the the way they are using color and landscaping in the, it, it looks fabulous. But uh, for me, socks. I love socks. Jordana, that was my answer as well. I loved that character. I again wasn't knowing what to expect with it, and um, like I, there wasn't a lot that um, like a lot of previews with socks in it, or it was like quick one liners, but like. The whole character that was built throughout the whole movie, I absolutely adored. Jordana, what do you say to the people that say he's just a cat version of Baymax? I, you know, <laughs> they're, they're right. They are. I wanted to. <laughs> that's okay. Right, that's, that's what I okay. said to Megan. I said, I said so, to Megan watching it. I said he's Baymax. Right. right. I I love Baymax, so that's also you know people that love Baymax also will end up loving Socks because that character is great. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it being an, a cat version of one of the most beloved modern right, yeah. era Disney characters. Certainly not. Certainly not. Fantastic. Guy? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I like how they just kind of swung for the fences with it. It seemed like a very unique movie. Um, I mean, it, it sucks that it didn't do kind of killer box office numbers because it feels like they could have made a much safer movie. But I feel like they kind of took a chance. Um, it kind of blew up in their face, but you know, I, you gotta, you know, you gotta swing when you're up to bat. Um, I kind of think one thing that killed it just to completely not answer the question. Um, and I just kind of want to get your guys' feedback on this too. When they put out that teaser kind of right before the movie came out, um, with the Andy, with the updated, you know, animation style for Andy, which a lot of, you know, people who grew up on the original movies don't like. And then they had that where it was like, this was the movie Andy went to see to fall in love with Buzz Lightyear. How much do you think that negatively affected, I mean, if at all, the amount of people who went out to see the movie? Did it help like kind of confuse it more? Because I feel like people look at that new Andy animation style and they're just like, 
this isn't one I grew up on. This is kind of a new bastardized version of it. I don't need to spend $50 to go see this with my kids. Yeah, I think it probably added to the confusion or people were like, oh, so that's what this whole thing has been about. I I don't really care about seeing an in-universe movie. Yeah, Yeah, Tim, I agree with that statement, too. I just think it... It would have led to more confusion for people because people can't handle more than one thing at once now, which, Guy, I think we touched on last week with the social media stuff, and we really did crush the social media last week, so I want to lay off them a little bit because they're mostly our core listeners, so, you know. (laughs) Uh, Bob, what was your your highlight? You know, it was socks. It was socks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you already said socks. All right, yeah, and – for me, it was definitely um, the the all the references to other sci-fi franchises out there, and and they got into some really obscure ones. Uh, you know, there was a pretty big uh, reference to to the Japanese series Gundam, which is one of my favorite things. So that was really cool to see them reference other um, you know long-running space series. Um, so yeah, that kind of wraps up our Lightyear discussion. Uh, if you passed on it in theaters, uh, definitely check it out on Disney Plus. It really, really, really. Uh, is much better than you would think it was from its its mess of a marketing campaign, all the social media backlash, and its poor box office performance. Really, uh, probably an underrated gem for years to come in Disney's catalog, and one of those things that people are going to stumble across when they're looking for something to watch on Disney Plus for the next you know five, ten years, and be like, man, why did we not know about this movie sooner? Um, so yeah, definitely check that out and, and let us know what you think. Can we just take a second there and? stand in the light of discovery and say like since big hero six tim like you said think about how great some of these movies have been that disney's given us you've got big hero six then you've got you know some other pretty moana and 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 the frozen movies i think were around the same time frame then you have raya the last dragon which i think we're all in agreement really solidly done now you got light year and i personally like i said turning red i thought as a concept was brilliant. I I just feel like Disney is taking these chances and guy, you mentioned this. They're taking a ton of chances with animation instead of it being ABC princess, prince, villain, you're getting movies that don't have true villains that have conflicted villains that maybe aren't villains at all. I, I think we have to stand here in this generation and, and at least applaud the effort coming out of the animation studios, Walt Disney Animation and Pixar, and even to an extent, Drew, I know you're a big supporter of Illumination as well, and the stuff they're doing with a lot of the Minion stuff is a little bit off the wall and Secret Pets. Can we stand and say that this is one of the golden ages of animation, or one of the new golden ages of animation? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for every for every light year, there's been more Encantos, where they Correct. take these big swings where they really, really um, take some artistic chances, not knowing how it's going to go, and are telling these non-traditionally Disney stories and absolutely crushing it. I think if they could do it again, Encanto would have not been Disney Plus and theaters at the same time. Encanto would have been what they did with Lightyear, where they held held it back and say 45 days of theatrical uh, exclusivity. Because I, I think Encanto would have been an even bigger hit than the mega hit it was as a streaming only. So I would uh, say I that, that I too, maybe really I think I think yeah. the reason Encanto is as big as it is 
is because it was immediately accessible for people. I don't know I, that the I word agree. of mouth in theaters would have been as great for that story. And I'm again, I think once it got to Disney Plus, it would have picked up the steam. But I thought Encanto more than any movie, including I loved Soul. I thought Soul was great. I thought Encanto more than any movie benefited greatly from the the day and date release with Disney because it was accessible on Christmas Day and people watched it with their kids and they fell in love with the music. I, I I could be wrong and we'll never know. We will never know which which is right because no other Disney movie that came out in the last two and a half years, even onward, was really that successful like Encanto was. But I really think Encanto with the Linwell Miranda brand behind it, and maybe, Tim, that's to your point, maybe it would have crushed box office numbers with his name behind it. But I think it, it benefited greatly from being accessible and being as entertaining as it was. Drew, is that where you were going with that? Yeah, you, I mean, you, you nailed it. I think it's hard to say for sure, but I think the ability during the height of COVID to be able to watch that at home, I think that escalated um, the popularity of it. Like you said, it, I, I, there's no doubt it wouldn't have been popular regardless, but would it have stalled and maybe taken a little bit longer to catch up to that popularity? Right. Guy, Jordana, you guys... Uh, any thoughts on the Encanto release schedule? So I think it's just what's such a great part about a Disney discussion is I heard Tim's point and I'm like, Tim is 100% right. Makes perfect sense. Then I heard your point, Bob, and I'm like, Bob's 100% right. That all makes perfect sense. So, Which, I mean, it really I think you're both, you know, you're both right. Honestly, it probably would have crushed theatrically. I don't think we any, yeah. any of us deny it. Correct. Would it have hit it? Would it have hit that giant height? Probably not. Um, I think a lot of casual people saw it. Like, that's not a movie I would have saw in theaters, but we watched it, you know, on Disney Plus four or five times. Uh, so it definitely hit a wider audience, but I think it would have hit that audience after a theatrical run, anyways, and they could have really cashed in up front versus yeah. what they got on Disney Plus. Now, Tim, I will say what I, I think I agree with you on one point is had they given it a little bit more runway in the theaters. You would have had more time to fix that merchandise problem that they had. Yeah, that was definitely – you could tell that Disney did not know what they had in their hands when they made literally no merch for that film. Yeah, and there's nothing we we know. If there's nothing we know, it's that guy hates agreeing with me, so it must have been a good point. So real quick, we want to do our traditional rapid-fire roundtable, but before we get there, just two esoteric questions. More for Tim and Andrew and Jordana, less for Guy, but Guy, you can jump in and give us your take. And we'll start, Jordana, we'll start with you. Why did we take the break? And I know you kind of had taken maternity leave right after, uh, right in August last year. So you were kind of off. But why did we take the break, you think? Was it because I hated Andrew and Tim? Yes. No. (laughs) I think a lot of it had to do with burnout. Like, you know, you get to a point where you just kind of need the break. Um, You know, and I don't want to say, like, I was the glue that held us together, but it was like... You took maternity leave, and then we took nine months off. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So it was just like, it was something that, you know, if, all right, well, if one person's dropping, we're all kind of dropping. And that's just kind of how it, how it went. Tim, how do you see it? Why did we take that break uh, last September? I mean, I think, I think Drew touched it when when you were interviewing him, but I, it it just stopped. It stopped being as fun. It stopped Mm. being something we looked forward to do, or at least I looked forward to doing each week. And it became, uh, all right, what's the topic? How can we get this done with the least, uh, you know, time? It, it became like another job, and, and it wasn't fun to get on here and talk to you guys each week and talk Disney and get excited and and 
you know, run down the news and, and go in depth and really explore these things. It became, you know, very rote repetition. And uh, that that that's when it's not entertaining for you guys either. So yeah. we, we decided yeah. to take a break. Yep, I agree. Drew, I think we kind of covered it. You kind of explained why you think we stopped recording weekly and then we kind of just stopped recording altogether. So, Guy, is that how you saw it from the outside being Jordana's husband? Um, honestly, yeah. So I have a, I definitely see how you guys could have got burnt out. I mean, when I first discovered the show, um, Jordana was advertising on the show and I'm like, you know, you're going to advertise on a show. I'm like, I've never even heard of this. And she's like, okay, listen to it. And I listened to it and it was honestly, I was blown away. It was one of the best produced Disney podcast out there. And I'm like, oh my God, you're paying this much to advertise. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, this is great. I mean, this is going to be heard by thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And she's like, no, not quite. And I'm like, <laughs> why not? And I still stand by it, especially um, those episodes were great. They were fantastic. And you could tell just the amount of work that must have went into it. And it's just like, I know I couldn't do it. I mean, for us, what we do now, I think just kind of casually talking and stuff is kind of the best bet just because the amount of work that it must have been needed to put those shows together. It's just, it's just too much to do. Well, I, I mean, I, I think there's a certain individual that is not on the show anymore, but he's on the show tonight that appreciates those comments <laughs> because he was as much as I will take, especially early on a lot of the credit for creativity and then splitting that off with Tim, Tim did a lot of creative stuff when he came on the show. I will say that drew up until we started up again in January was primarily the only guy doing anything. Tim did dabble and, and did some stuff with it, but a lot of anything, the technical, the, the, the editing, the, the bumps that we did, the, the constantly chasing music and, and stuff. Uh, that was, that was all our co-host true. That was, um, I mean, I mean, he had help from me and Tim pulling mm -hmm. things from YouTube and ideas because it's always a collaborative process. And Jordana would say, hey, we what about this guy? What if we mix this in? So I would say it's a collaborative effort, but putting it together, uh, that was the Wizard of Menlo Park over there. Uh, that that was all Drew uh, initially. So I'm sure he appreciates those kind yeah. words. Not that we need to yeah, pump his you. tires any more <laughs> than we do. But uh, Tim, the million dollar question that people ask me, my mother specifically, every time she sees we have a new episode is... Why did we come back? And she doesn't say it condescendingly. She just she's interested to know the story on how me and you and Jordana got to the point where we said, all right, we don't need Drew. Tim's going to edit and me and Jordana and Tim are going to record this show. Why did we come back Tim? what was there a moment when you said to yourself, I want to get back in the saddle with these guys and record again? I mean, we, we never we still always kept our group chat going. Yep. And I think. One day, I don't even remember which of who of us put it in there. We were like, hey, I kind of want to do this again. Like, I kind of miss doing it. The, the, the bug kind of bit us again. And we talked as a group about what what we thought it would take to, to get back at the saddle and what we need to change to make the show more sustainable and, uh, you know, a little bit easier on everybody involved. And, you know, that's the current format that we've been running with since we came back. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I think it works. We lost Jordana again to, to, to life and motherhood and, and career and stuff. But we, we picked up guy. And I mean, I, I think it, it, I think it's in some ways better than ever, at least on us and, and, and what yeah. it asks of us to make a show every week yeah. for you guys. 
Well, I think it's much less stressful. I, I mean, I think there's still times that we have discussions, but I think it's much less uh, stressful to us and much less quote unquote work. If we skip a week as the listeners are one to realize we've done it a few times this summer for whatever reasons, um, we're not so hell bent about it. And I, and I will say counterpoint to that when Andrew and myself and Jay started this back way back in 2019, I think drew, is that right? Or 2020 in that neighborhood, some whenever, yeah. whenever episode one was I, I in 2019 March, it, it was one of those things where we said, we're going to do it every week. We're, we're going to, and we held ourselves to a rigorous, we're going to do it every week. And there were times that we got carried away. And I think there were times, Tim, and, and you will attest to this before Jordana jumped on with us. And even when Jordana jumped on, Jordana will also attest to this is that there were times that the four of us went recordings that were pushing three hours. And I think that just became untenable for, for, being parents, Tim, for what you were going through with, with planning a wedding and job changes, and Jordana, obviously, with you trying to start up your travel business, it just became something that we couldn't consistently hit the quality that we wanted to hit, and I think that was a lot of it. So when we did start this conversation, and I think it was collectively right around Christmas or between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we had said, you know, guys, I, I miss talking to you guys. Obviously, Andrew had already been very upfront about not not doing it weekly. He would he would support it the way he could. But we kind of said, guys, let's just do it. Not to say we weren't doing it for us, but we wanted to do the next batch of episodes for us, for topics we wanted to discuss, for topics that we were cool just showing up and saying it's not going to be that technical marvel that Drew was putting out, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good content because at the heart of every one of our shows, no matter how great Andrew's editing was, and believe me, people, there were times that I don't know how he made the episodes he did. The content was always the heart of the show. And I think that no matter how technically advanced the shows were, the content always had to be king. And it, it kind of, I think that's why we came back. We had more things to say. I think we, we discovered that there were still more stories to tell and we needed to tell it. I will say, and Jordana, love you, mean it to the world. I am stunned at how seamless Guy's transition was into the show. We Again, in the interestful disclosure, I've met Guy in person maybe three times. And he's he's always been there. He's always, you know, he's always been very supportive. He's always talked to us. But Guy coming into the show where me and Tim have uh, 75 episodes of podcasting with each other and hours upon hours upon hours of conversations digitally and in person about what we want to do and how we want to do it. That's a tough thing to come into what me and Tim had with Jordana and just sit in that seat and just record with us as if you were there the whole time. There was no break guy. You literally Jordana one week said, I'm done, but guy's going to take over. And the next week it was Jordana left the show to continue her business, but guy is here to do it. And it was seamless. And and, and I will say it. I, I don't know the show works quite the same with just me and Tim. We need that third person in the room, I think, to to balance out the acidity that can come from Timothy and myself screaming at each other. Because that's what the show would be if it was just the two of us. Very similar if me and Andrew were to record a podcast. It's just two old guys shouting, get off my effing lawn. <laughs> Speak that's for yourself. Right. I mean, to Tim's defense, I gotta say, when 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 it was just me and you for a short period of time, and we decided to bring Tim on, and then Jordana was kind of a a, a, a pair that we, we just did it slowly. Uh, I'm not sure we ever met Tim. 
I'm not sure if we even know what Tim looks like, and I'm not sure we ever heard Tim's voice. We was just some guy that listened to us, that wrote on our page, maybe yeah. left us a voicemail once, not really sure. And we just had a Nikki email about Japan. Email about Japan. And we just said, you know what? And 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 I don't know if Tim ever knows this. I don't know if we ever told them this, but the, the episode we had you about Japan was like really a trial run. We said, let's see what this guy's got. We don't know who he is. He just went to, you know, Japan and Disney. Let's let's see what he's got. And yeah. and then we're like, it works. He's passionate. And um we took a you know, we took a leap of faith. Look at look where we are now. Well, you guys, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I will say yeah. I always like I don't know, like Guy and I had always talked about, oh, what's the topic this week? And we kind of always talked about it. And that's why I I think I knew it was going to work before the three of you really knew it was going to work. And I feel like everybody, like all three of you guys were like, are you crazy? Like, you're just going to throw them on? Like, you don't like because I didn't I didn't even really discuss it with you guys. I was like, hey, guy's taking over for me. Like She didn't discuss it with me either. I didn't either, discuss it with him me. either. I was like, Neh. I'm like, you know, like I just like I still want wanted to be some sort of part of it and putting him on and i just feel like i'm still part of it and i feel like i'm still here and i think what's helped me too is just like i know i'm not as professional as you um let's just speak to it as bob and tim i'm not as professional as you guys are i don't i'm so i sound so much rougher around the edges uh this was a show i used to listen to every single week without fail i would make jordana listen to it sometimes in the car and, you know, now this is just not a podcast. I still follow it, but it's not a podcast I've ever listened to once I, you know, became a part of the show. And it's just trying to be like kind of a good sport. Just go with the flow. You know, I throw my ideas out, but like I'm never like I never have like I'm going to die on this hill. I'll throw an idea out. If you guys are like eh, this idea sucks, I don't take it personal. It's just like, all right, yeah, it probably does suck. You know, it's not that big of a deal. And we just have a real go with the flow kind of attitude. And, you know, I don't know how it was before that, but I mean, that's what works for me is just everybody kind of goes with the flow. There's a real openness. Like there's no like, oh, we can't say this around Tim. Like Tim's going to get upset if we tell him this idea isn't great and vice versa. It's just really like, you know, it's easy. I will say there are plenty of things I think to myself, should I say that to Tim? No, I'm not going to say that to Tim. We're just going to leave Tim alone. I say it all the time. All the time. I say it, I have this inner dialogue. Should I say it to Tim? Nah, nah, nah. I'll say it to Jordana in a private chat or I'll text yeah. Drew. Drew, am I being unreasonable here? And he's like, no, no, that's fine. You know, you, he goes, just talk to Tim. He's fine. It's, uh, so I don't, I will say there are times that I have had to run something by Andrew or Jordana and say, am I the asshole? And they're like, yes, you are. We all know you are. Just tell Tim and it'll be fine. And it's, it's, <laughs> you I mean, and we've, Tim, we've only really had one, I think, legitimate disagreement. Like I think yeah, yeah. one time that we had a legitimate, and now my, my kids love you. It's just, it's you, you it's clearly, I, I met some lunatic that went to Japan for 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 Wrestle Kingdom 18 or whatever it was, and I he came back did a podcast with us, and now I count him among one of my closer friends when I want to talk to someone. So to me, having Tim uh, not replace Andrew as the quote unquote shoulder that I cry on about podcasts, but but Tim has has slid into that chair. A little bit, uh, a little bit differently, and like I said, guy, you you were a seamless addition to the show, and I'm I'm glad to have you on. And like I said, I do miss Jordana though. I, I do because me and Jordana used to have um, very fun battles. I was more ruthless with Jordana than I was with any other podcast host. 
except for maybe Jay, which I don't we don't want to get into because there were times that I the man's mind. not here to defend himself. Never mind. Correct. Hey, I, I wanted him here tonight, just to be clear. Just, I I think we all did. Here. I think there was a let's all right. Before we get into the round table, I will say ultimately we did kick around the idea of bringing Jay back for this episode. I was really a lot more to it than just bringing someone back. We're still very, obviously we're very close with Andrew. We're obviously very close with Jordana for reasons that Andrew is my cousin and guy and Jordana live together. So it's, it's, it's very easy to say to them, guys, come do the show with us. Andrew's on vacation. Cause he's going away. Jordana, again, like I said, lives with guys. So it's very easy to find them. None of us have really stayed too close in contact with Jay. Nothing personal. I think it's one of those things. He was down in South Carolina. He was also one of those that, Andrew knew him from a, a message board on a Nintendo on, on I think the Nintendo podcast. Drew, you knew him in Discord, and you were kind of discussing the idea of a podcast. And and Amber was a was a was a travel agent, and and Jay was a big Disney fan. And it just became one of those things. He was the the third guy in the booth. He was like, if you listen to sports talk radio, there's two main hosts and the guy that reads the the scores. He was the guy that read the scores. At the end of the day, he contributed to the show. He w- he was excellent. I-, I love Jay dearly. Good kid. Uh, we have philosophical differences on quite a few things. Uh, but if we had stayed in contact, he'd be on the show tonight. But uh, unfortunately, um, you-, you lose contact with people, and it, it happens. It's a fact of life. Uh, that's my two cents on why Jay isn't here tonight. Um, let's go to the Rapid Fire Roundtable, folks. Um, Do it. Jordana, we'll start with you. Again, this is not really a rapid-fire question, but keep trying to do the best we can. What's the big announcement from D23? Is it a ride? Is it a park? Is it a hotel? Is it a, is it the, the new ship? Or is it just going to be opening date for Tron? Here's when we're shutting down Splash Mountain. Are we getting something big at D23 Expo? I think they're teasing a new nighttime spectacular. I don't know if you guys saw what I just put. Spoiler in. alert. Yes. Discord alert. Um, th- so Jordan Fisher has been like kind of like teasing that he wants happily ever after back. Like he's been tweeting a lot. Um, I don't know if they'll bring it back or if they'll kind of bring it back as like an interim thing. Um, but they're supposedly testing some new fireworks or a firework show. So I don't know if it's going to be a new one. But what they have at Magic Kingdom right now, Enchantment, is just not not great. So they just definitely, I, I want them to do something else. I I hope that's one of the announcements. I hope that's what's big at D23, but we'll see. Guy, what's your big D23 dream here? Uh, so it's kind of disappointing, but the one thing I think that will happen, um, I think we're going to get a Hulu uh, Disney Plus merger. I think that'll get announced at D23. That's not really a real sexy thing. I mean, I'm sure oh, they, that's actually huge. I mean, yeah, that would be huge yeah, I mean, if they, they announced could that. Figure out a way to be like, and this is the first big exclusive thing that's going to be on it, whether it's a movie or a TV show. But I have a feeling just because that's the way that all the streamers are going right now. Um, I mean, they kind of they're lumping in, you know, they got the ESPN. It's not called ESPN three. I forget what it's called now. Plus. We ESPN have Plus. it. Yeah. And we have it. We've never used it. Um, you know, I think that they're going to have that still, and then they're just going to bring in uh, Disney Plus and Hulu together, just make it one all Disney Plus. Um, they got to keep the ESPN name separate, but... Hey, I love it. If that's what you do, I love it. That'd be incredible. That would be huge to me if they announced that. Tim, what do you got for your big D23 moment this week? Or next month, sorry. Dino Land re-theme gets announced finally. 
That's fair. That's a good pick. I, I don't think it would happen. I don't think it's happening anytime soon. But they announced that it's on the horizon. Love it. Yes. Twenty thirty-two. No, I, I think they say like twenty late twenty-four, early, early twenty-five is when it shuts down and gets started. And would it be Zootopia, Tim? I don't know. Zootopia construction is underway in Shanghai, but due to COVID, it's like very much at that like scaffolding and rebar and just starting the concrete structure. I think they have to wait and see how Zootopia hits in Shanghai. Uh, But maybe or maybe it's just a a different, um, you know, land and animal kingdom. I'm not sure what direction they go, but I think we are well on our way towards that announcement coming. I would kill for Wakanda, but I feel like that's one of the ones they can't use because of some of the ancillary characters. But, uh, you know, well, fingers crossed. Drew, what about you? What's your big D23 announcement next month? Uh, yeah, I think we 100% see the new, uh, the second ship for the Triton class, the Disney Cruise Line. Get a little mm-hmm. inside info. I think that's supposed to be delivered in 2024. It might be a little early, um, but we don't even know the name of it yet. So we'll see. Um, and then I'm going to go with a superhero hotel for Disneyland. Wow, that sounds like informed speculation. You said that very confidently. We'll see. All right. Guy, let's go with you next. Fanny Pack back. Wait, wait, what's your prediction? Oh, no, no, I'm just facilitating tonight. Fanny pack, backpack, or drawstring sports bag guy? I'm a backpack guy. That checks out. Tim, real quick, fanny pack, backpack, or drawstring? Fanny pack, but slung crossbody. I like the smallest possible Love bag it. with the bare minimums. Love it. Drew, you are, you're a fanny pack guy. I wish I could sport a fanny pack, like, right across the waist, but I don't. Coming Hulk Hogan style. Coming back, you definitely could. They are. It's, in the, it's all the rage. It's a universal thing, right? With the lockers and the no no bat pets of the ride, you gotta have a small like one shoulder strap type bat yeah. pat. So fanny pat's in the game. All right, love it, Jordana. What are you going? Fanny pack, backpack, grocery sports bag. Backpack. Sports bag. Like, like yeah, like the Adidas like, bag you threw like a soccer ball. Yeah, like the little. Play. Yeah. I, th- I was thinking pulled, the, the, the shoulder you know, the strings that act going? as the straps to no, tighten it up. The, that's like the pull string. I, I think you're talking about like a legit sport. No, like, the draws for sports bag. Tim's oh, absolutely okay. I'm right sorry. what I'm talking about. I, I yes. thought they were thinking like a hockey thing. bag. <laughs> like a gym bag. I thought he yeah. was, I'm going to tell you something. If somebody rules at the Disney with a, a, a hockey bag or a gym bag, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. There? I'm done. All right, Tim, you're up here. Not now that all the resorts are officially open and quasi fully operational. What is your dream scenario or room at Walt Disney World? What's the one room you and Rachel are going down, going to stay here, no cost be damned? What room is it? I don't think this is any shock to anybody. Uh, Overland or overwater bungalow at the Polynesian, but with like a big group of other people. I don't know. Maybe all the co-hosts and their spouses and children of of, uh, a certain podcast. I think that a few ways might be affordable. Yeah, a, a big, uh, big bash, you know. Drew, what about you? What's your dream scenario room at, you know, Disney Resorts? Pass. I, I don't really have All right. one. I don't have one. Pass for the yeah, rapid fire. Pass. All right, rapid fire. Jordana, what's your dream scenario room here? So I don't know if you've noticed, but we are trying to knock out all of our dreams because we are staying at all of the resorts. And I keep saying, hey, let's stay at a deluxe and then let's stay at a value and then let's stay at a moderate. And we keep staying at all the deluxes. So I'm it's I'm staying at one of later on. (laughs) It is exactly because I have to experience all of them, you know. So um, this week coming up, we are staying at one of. Uh, my dream resorts. I don't really have a dream room because I've already stayed at the over the water bungalow. That would have been mine. But wow, um, burn. 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this is why I have to be muted. <laughs> so um, we are staying at Yacht Club, which I'm really excited to do. Um, yeah have the pool but we are also staying at grand floridian we're doing a split stay and grand floridian has just always been top like very exciting stay so that's what i'm top really 70 saying. top top five places in the country to be incinerated in the morgue yep got it understood <laughs> guy what about you bud what's your uh, what's your dream scenario or room at the walt disney world resort i can't screw it disneyland wherever you want to stay guys let's, let's, <laughs> So honestly, I got a weird answer. So the the, the place that I, I miss the most, um, and it just goes back to like when, you know, me and Jordana were, you know, first dating and before we had kids. I mean, if you could give me a place, any place on Disney property to stay right now, you give me the, you know, uh, preferred pool view at Pop Century right now and I'd be there. Um, we've been very spoiled uh, by those uh, travel agent rates that we get to experience a lot of these super amazing hotels. And it really, it kind of does kill the the moderate and, you know, value vibe. I remember I stayed, I went on a solo trip a year or two ago. And um, back when the Magic Express came, um, I was at Riviera. And then we went to Pop. And then as I pulled up in the bus with Pop, I'm like, wow. I'm like, now that I think about yeah. it, Pop kind of looks like a penitentiary. And I'm like, what a piece of shit pretentious thing to say about like literally one of the nicest resorts overall in all of orlando i had that snob a couple three nights at riviera and already i had completely turned like just just to a complete piece of trash turned into a villain yeah seriously uh, just a little taste of the fine life and oh how quickly i turned my back uh but pop is just that's home to me i love it you know, poor Goofy is out there 24 hours a day next to, next to that surfboard taking pictures. I mean, you got to love it. I love it. It's my favorite place. The greatest heel turn since WrestleMania 13. Uh, Drew, you got any uh, interest in the, the hotels? Are you still passing on the hotels? I'll, I'll still stay with the past. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, Drew, which character that doesn't have a presence in the park would you put in the parks? I don't even know where, but which character would you say deserves to be in the parks? Yeah, let's go with a Carl Fredrickson uh, and Emperor Zerd. All right, we're going to allow it. We're going to allow it. I mean, all right, yeah, we're in. So you want to meet and greet with Zerg? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I told I you wanted... I wasn't going to ask. Yep. 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 <laughs> Zip right. it around. Maybe under the Sedway under that. Oh, yeah. Jordana, what about you? Which character that doesn't have presence in the parks are you bringing to the parks? Can you skip me for now? All right, I figured it was going to be bingo and rolly for you. Guy, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The second I saw this, I like you can't make this up. My two choices were, I kid you not, Zerg and Carl Fredrickson. Guy, I'm available incredible. all night, buddy. Be the come back. <laughs> we have a little duo podcast. All right, how's this? I'll throw it. I'll throw in a little random one for you. How about Stinky Pete? All right, good. This the prospector. Good. Tim, what about you? If it's not the Rocketeer, then we can't. We, it's got to be the Rocketeer. It's not the Rocketeer. It's got to be um, Milo from Atlantis. That's, That's not a tough surprising. one to pull yeah. off, though. It's a and I know that every once every five years at Oogie Boogie's Halloween Bash, whatever the hell they call it in Disneyland, that very bad versions of these characters show up sometimes and you wait five hours in line to meet them. But the Kingdom Hearts crew, Sora and then Donald and Goofy in their Kingdom Hearts gear, make them a permanent ones. I don't know. Stick them in Japan. Stick them, you know, towards the back by the castle in Japan. Um, 
and have a meet and greet there. But I think that would be one of the coolest meet and greets. And it would probably be bonkers for the first year or so. And then it would normalize and you wouldn't have to meet the worst looking costumes I've ever seen and wait five hours in line to do it at an after hours event in Disneyland. It's very specific, Tim, that you seem to have personal problems with how that meet and greet went down. Were you there when this happened? No, I mean, I've wanted to, but then I saw the pictures and like their costumes are really awful. Jordan, is it been going really? No, well, it would be, but um, Sven, I want to meet Sven. I give you guys, we've been recording for an hour and 45 minutes and no one gives me Dick Tracy. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Jordana, what lost Disney Park experience would you bring back? Pass. Oh, that's not how this game works. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not there. ready. Gosh. All right, I'll go. It's the Life Pavilion in Epcot. Epcot still needs to get beefed up. They still yeah, need to do a life. lot in Future okay. World. Give us, a, uh, give us an updated Life Pavilion. You're living in the it. past, Tip. Epcot's oh, gone. Boy. That was an epic episode, too. Oh, my God, that episode. I still have headaches from that. Drew, what about you? What what Lost Park experience are you, uh, uh, you bringing back? Let's go with Paper Fast Pass. It. Love, Love those it. things. Love it. It's a great one. Guy's agreeing with you. Maybe that was his answer again. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, what, Guy, what about you? What, what Lost experience are you bringing back? Uh, so it's not, it's not gone yet, but it will be gone soon. So Splash Mountain. Uh, deep, deep, deep. Hashtag Tiana Takeover. Jordana, uh, we're back to you. <laughs> I'm not listening. Like, I'm not thinking. I'm just listening to you guys. That's the worst part. Um, paper Fast Passes would be great because explaining Genie, Genie Plus, Lightning yeah. Lane, explaining it 50 million times a day, making a video for it, and then having to make it again, and then having to cancel that video. And how long was your presentation to your friends, Bub? I believe you chose that life, Jordana. Listen. That's. I didn't choose this life. This life chose me. Oh god! <sighs> Sounds like a T-shirt. I did a bonus one, <laughs> so, but I don't want to steal yours. So what do you? What do you? What do you? Well, Jordan, well, nothing. No, I was gonna. I said the paper fast passes. Oh, Bring there's only Magical two. Magical Express. Magical Express would be a good one too. There are three correct answers. I don't want no particular in no particular order. It is a legitimate Disney Institute that is done in a way that people would actually want to do it. It is a legitimate pleasure island, and it is a legitimate Disney quest. Yes, those are the those are the three that you bring back. That's, That's it. it. Those are the only acceptable answers. Moving on, I don't even know where we're going because every time I go to them, they pass. So, Tim, uh, which Disney guys uncensored episode are you most proud of? Um, so honestly, it's the Haunted Mansion Halloween special because, <laughs> as Drew and Bub know, I hate like viscerally hate the like episodes that we used to do that were like basted fantasy where some scenario that we we're all pretending was taking place and you play acted. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I really took the lead on that episode. It was my idea and I kind of scripted it all out. And it was like the most deeply scripted version of an episode. And for some reason I was just, I want to see if I could do it. And I think it came out great. And no small part of that was Drew's, absolutely incredible editing but just the fact that we were able to make that and i was able to do it and really break out of my shell and do one of those episodes uh was awesome so that's definitely the episode i was most proud of you were so far out of your comfort zone doing that it was so good though it was a good lesson i was i wasn't there that week drew what about you which of the episodes yeah, are you I mean, most proud of i i can't deny what 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 tim said i mean that that's just the fact um you know, we we did. It was our third year doing Halloween episodes. Um, probably our 
tenth Halloween episode because we, the whole month of October we would do them. And, and when and when we talked about doing a haunted mansion, I said, "All right, guys, I'm gonna." Would, every time we chat, we're gonna do this walkie-talkie sound. You're like, "What?" I'm like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna share my sound clips with you, so we can kind of play along with it." And you're like, "No, no." And like, I had a folder of files, and if you guys, it was just they're all titles, right? Like this is yeah. clip one, clip two, clip three, clip four, and it was like. In the doc, you know, like you said, you guys all we laid out the script in the doc. I put the clip number and it was um, it was fun. Uh, besides that, I mean, I guess I got to go with the Christmas parade when Jay made himself cry with the baby Yoda float. Unbelievable. One of his great. Some would say some would say Jay's crowning achievement on this show was crying at the baby Yoda float that wasn't in front of him. It's just stunning acting. Sold people. Sold he, people. He, he is fancies himself an amateur actor, so I, I props to him, props to him. Uh, guy Jordana still looks puzzled by the question. So. No, I, I actually got an answer this time. But guy, go ahead. Uh, so my favorite, and it's not. It's just kind of like that's just how life goes. Was the uh, Amanda Shepard episode, um, <sighs> which was such a shit show. And and Amanda, if you still listen to the show, I do apologize. She does not. Uh, just <laughs> as a listener standpoint. I went into that. I was so excited to listen to that episode. We I'm like, there's going to be so much. And not even from like the like, oh, what was Bette Midler like? Like not any of that crap, nah. but just like the production aspect. I love all that stuff. So I was super excited just to get some inside baseball knowledge about that movie. And when it was and it was like back in the day, I used to like Jordana would record him in the bedroom. So I'd kind of listen to the episode, you know, as you recorded it. Um, and for that episode, I'm like, no, I don't want to be in the room. I want to listen to it organically Are the next sure morning. you listen to our podcast with Amanda <laughs> Shepard? <laughs> because... and, and then literally, the, and then when she was done recording, I'm like, how'd it go? I was so excited. And she's like, oh, man, it was a shit show. It was a complete shit show. She's like, I don't even think we can release it. Um, and then, I mean, honestly, what you did to make it a releasable podcast yeah. is, again, another credit to you, Drew. I think we um, had to wait a day. I think I needed two days to edit that one. <laughs> but that's just life. Like, I like I like the real life aspect of that, where it's just like, you know, you have expectations and sometimes life just lets you down. And thanks, Amanda Shepard. You know, it's funny. It's funny. I, I would like to share a moment where we did not record an episode that we recorded oh. and it turned out much better the second time we did that. That, and that was the first episode ever that I wasn't on. Just saying. Just saying. Well, it was the first episode. It was the first episode ever that Jordana hit record. So I mean, and it never happened again. And I would be remiss if we didn't mention the Disney Guys Hall of Fame and specifically Dana, Dana Knox, a big friend of the show, great guy, uh, huge into the theater business, loves it, great guy. A blessing that he was the guest that night because he came back the next day and and redid the episode with us. And that episode turned out great. One of my personal favorite episodes was that. And Tim, who if there was ever a thank God we got a second crack and an episode, it was that episode because the first one was just my God, I can't apologize enough for that document because it was terrible. Terrible. It was a blessing in disguise. So so Jordan, what about you? Do you have a favorite episode? Um, I'll say my episode that I am most proud of is that goddamn playlist, isn't it? Princess playlist. Oh, still uh, number one I, I, Disney I have, uncensored episode. Ridiculous. I haven't logged in a while, but I'm afraid to see what that number is at. Oh, Apple yeah. copyright. Get copyright strikes going. 
take that I, thing down I, so I, that I, it I doesn't it. exist anymore. I got it all logged in. So, so I will tell you guys, legitimately, I loved all of the Earth Day episodes just out of spite. I love what because people forget how much work went into the Earth Day episodes, too. I mean, this guy got a little dicky. Like, it, 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 think about the work we it. put into the Earth Day episodes. Very similar to what we did with everything else. Um, w- one last rapid-fire question, which I will answer myself as well, because this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, favorite episodes are like children. It rotates day-to-day based on attitudes. So one thing that doesn't change, though, is favorite guest of all time, um, and clearly guys was Amanda Shepard. So we already know his answer. Jordana, let's start with you. Favorite Disney guy guess that you, you've ever been a part of. The Imagineer. Um, Timmy Britt. Timmy Britt. Timmy yep. Britt. His, uh, his, his positivity that he brought. Way too positive. Did not fit in with us at all, but a great guy. No, but he was, he definitely just like, he definitely had that Disney magic still in him. You know, like just the way yep. he presented. Great storyteller. Himself. Yeah, great yeah, storyteller. Absolutely. Yep. That that was a fun guest. Tim, what about you? What was your favorite? And I'm assuming I know the answer to this, but yeah. I will. Um, yeah, my favorite, and it's not particularly close. Was I? We've had some great guests. They've all been wonderful, uh, especially some of our repeat guests or Disney Guy Hall of Famers. But my my favorite guest was um, Carly Wiesel. Uh, her her work with her writing around Disney, and and now her own podcast about Disney. Uh, she was the person who inspired me as somewhat of a more non-traditional adult Disney fan um, to kind of take my fandom of the parks to the next step and and do something like this podcast. So actually getting her to come on the podcast to be able to interview her for a couple hours was was super, super awesome. And she's continued to be a great friend of the show and somebody that, you know, can give us inside information sometimes. So um, it's awesome that she was able to come on the show. Yeah, that's fair. She was she was great. She again, another person that probably different stratosphere in terms of what we're doing and her reach and and, and her life. Um, this, she took time out of her day to hang out with the, me and you that night. It was it was very appreciated. She was great, great guest. Uh, Drew, what about you? You, I I think I know where you may go, but you know, it, there's just so many. This is so hard. I mean, we have Hall of Famers like Chris Lucas, right? We talked about everything from medieval times, right, to, to everyday mm-hmm. stuff with Chris. South Baseball, Park. South Park, Celebrity Deathmatch. We had Andrew yeah. Price, Hall of Famer, who, who, um, I mean, God, all the way back to Adventureland days that we were talking. Dana Knotts, The Greatest Showman, one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. All of the authors that we had on there, Liz Braswell. Um, God, what's the other one from the Chill series? Jennifer Brody. Jennifer yeah, Brody. Very strange. Very strange. I mean, Bill, Bill Timoney, Drew, the voice actor. Bill, Bill Timoney, great. Huge fan to see the inside to the stories he talked about. Okay, that was in one Robert of these episodes. Liz that was well. Liz. Liz. Liz, yeah. Um, I mean, God, it's like picking your favorite child. Uh, it, it really is. And, and, and for all the people that I, I even miss along the way of the journey. Uh, but there was something about uh, Scott Durbin we had on the on the first Imagination yeah. Mover episode. Uh, not only because, you know, we we loved his show. I mean, and we loved his music. But it was just, it, it's a great story. If you've never listened to episode 55, it, the Imagination Movers itself is just a great story about four buddies, four high school friends that loved music. That that kind of made it. I mean, are they millionaires? No, but they but they made it onto the Disney platform to express their music as well as to to, to create this show from from nothing. And uh, it was a, it was an all night just a small idea that blossomed. And I love that type of story. Um, 
and it's a really good story. If you didn't listen to that episode, go back and have a listen to it. But um, I got to go with Scott. I think Scott was one of my favorites. That was I mean, you guys are, are missing the the cheap pop ability of saying a guy like Pat Aquino that came on Love very that. early on um, did the Star Wars when Galaxy's Edge first opened at Disneyland. Um, the time that we had the roundtable with cast members and even the roundtable with fans at like the Valentine's Day episode and the park. I liked the best part of this show for me was talking to people and listen, we, we can, I, I'm not going to, we just named them Scott and, and, and Bill Timoney and Chris Lucas. Chris Lucas might be the, the, the best guest we've ever had on this show continuously on an open basis. The, the amount he gives to me and to you guys and to all of us, Andrew Kice, the same thing. This show wouldn't be the same without those two guys in particular. It, to me, though, Tim, this is one that's fairly recent. I loved everything we did with Dr. Fogelsong and the the stuff that we talked a few a couple months ago with the uh, special improvement districts, Rudy Creek. I just really, really enjoyed that show in particular because one of those that I think was near and dear to my heart and your heart. So we always well, it's a show we talk talked about, about wanting to do forever. Correct. And we're never quite sure how we would do it without just reading, you know, yep. legal documents and Wikipedia articles Correct. to the listeners. And yep. you want to talk about a guest who's kind of out of our range. The you know, Dr. Fogelsong was kind of a different out of our league. I mean, this is a, a Ford Foundation fellow, a guy who's advised the White House, uh, uh, you know, professor at, uh, you know, one of the top public law schools in the country. And we just shot off an email and he was like, sure, I'd love to come on your show. And then in the two weeks after he shot off that email, he became one of the most in-demand interviews for MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, all those places. And he still came on our show and talked to us for over an hour and really broke down that situation in a way that only the man who literally wrote the book on special improvement districts in Florida and their very long history there could. So yeah, I mean, that even as a recent guest was a huge get for us in a, in a time to really explain what was going on when Disney was the center of the news cycle. Well, one of the few episodes that my, my father ever really like sought out to listen to. So, uh, because of, of the guests there, which is why we do it. I think it's very easy for us to sit here and just assume you want to hear guy or Tim or myself, get our pains. And I, I think there's a, a population of our listeners that listen to the show because of us. And I firmly believe that. And I think I firmly believe that from day one, Drew, when we had friends of friends of friends listening to the show and the audience definitely grew, obviously. We've expanded, right? Uh, I remember back season two when we really started branching out and it just made me think of one of my favorite episodes we didn't even mention was all the battle royales that we had. Right. Specifically one with the monsters. That was so much fun. Uh, I mean, and even like you said, we, I remember the guests that we let get away, at least for me, was when we we reached out to the, the creators and owners of the OneRing.net, which yeah. is Lord of the Rings people. It's a it's a massive fan base run organization, and and they agreed to come on. We had to reschedule it, reschedule it. But the idea was that to come on, and we were going to develop and create a Lord of the Rings amusement park, and what would it look like, and what rides would it be after and stuff. And um, we let that one get away. Yeah, we did. I mean, there's always, I think, Jordana, we've, we've told, there was always people like you guys had, we had the, the Disney photographer guys on uh, their names. Is yeah. The, uh, the Disney, 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 makers. Yeah, Disney image makers. Those guys were great. Um, Jordana, you had, um, I think you guys, but Jordana, you brought um, one of the, like the, the Disney the, dads. The, Disney, the dads Disney dads. Talks about DVC. Uh, no, we thought of the Disney cruise. 
Yep. Oh, so, yeah. So, yep. So, so for us, the show wouldn't be the same without any of those guests, from Pat Aquino all the way to Dr. Richard Fuller song, and in between Dana Knox, uh, Chris Lucas, Andrew Keist, uh, all of them, the authors, Liz Braswell, Jennifer Brody. The show wouldn't have been the same without any of them. I'm glad that we've done what we've done. And I'm also glad that we've kind of not stepped away from that, but I think we've made a conscious decision over the last 50 plus episodes after that to kind of much more focus the show on things that we want to talk about. We were so preoccupied with popping a rating, as they say in the industry, uh, that we were getting people that maybe weren't necessarily what we are. So we're much different about how we select output of guests uh, we've kind of looked at maybe going um with influencers and stuff which isn't necessarily our wheelhouse so it's stuff that we've all kicked around guys if there's anything that i i ever want to say to the four of you and, and to the listeners it, it is legitimately none of this is possible without the four of you and everyone that listens every week i am just a cog in the wheel that has a personality that you guys let kind of go a little bonkers sometimes but at the end of the day um you guys are are that family that i don't know i ever needed but i'm glad that i found so thank you guys for that thank you to all the listeners it has been an absolute pleasure over the last 150 episodes plus it's really like episode 162 with all the bonuses we've ever done and our trailers but 150 in our actual timeline it has been an absolute pleasure coming over these airwaves. It has been my pleasure. I'm sure it has been Tim's pleasure. I'm sure that it has been Andrew's pleasure. And Jordana and Guy, the 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 happiest crew to ever sack the Spanish main, as they say. This has been an absolute blessing. I have enjoyed every minute of it, and I look forward to the next 150 episodes, whether it's 150 or whether it's 10. I, I'm, I'm just happy to see where the journey takes us. Drew and Jordana, thank you guys for coming on. This episode ran much longer than a lot of our newer stuff, but that is the way when we get five people on a show that are as closely knit as we are. Tim and Guy, I'm very excited, looking forward to see what we do next. Um, I think next week, Tim, is the plan we're going to take it off. You know, Guy's out next week. Do we want to let this one breathe a little bit? We'll take next week off. Um, So we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Hopefully, uh, Andrew, safe travels. Guy, Jordana, the kids, safe travels. And um, I think that's going to, in fact... Wrap up episode 150. Be sure to give a listen to all of our previous episodes, which are available on your preferred listening platform. If you have any questions or comments, like Discord subscriber Big K Bull, who reached out to us this week and had a really good interaction with Guy. Guy, good work filling in for Jordana as our head of social media. Way to go. Uh, please reach out to us at the Disney Guys Uncensored at gmail.com or find us on Discord as we do have a fairly interactive community out there as well. If you like what you hear, the best way to to promote us or to to show us is to tell a friend that you like it and let them listen to it as well. Be sure to go and hit the subscribe button for Drew's podcast, The Dads After Dark. It is a great show if you're into video games. And if you are making any trips at any point, please reach out to Jordana Izzo at TravelMajion.net. She is so big, she has an assistant answering her emails now, so she will be glad to help you. But please be uh, aware that she'll be shutting her phone off when she's on her next vacation to spend much-needed time with her family. But she will get back to you, we do promise. Drew, Jordana, thanks for stopping by the old virtual roundtable. It was great catching up with you guys. And as always, thanks for listening to the Disney Guys Uncensored. Uncensored.